Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Romalkus might have gotten a piece of that one. Now Seth Jarvis, the rookie, settles it down to Pesci. Back to Jarvis. Up top, Pesci. Pesci across Natchez to Pesci. His shot, the score! On the power play! Brett Pesci lets it go! And the Canes go up 2-1! to one. The Canes, Seth Jarvis, throws it out in front and deflected by Lawrence just off of the post! Lawrence almost had his second of the year, and Jarvis was an inch away from his first assist in the NHL. Shot doesn't find its way through for Anderson. He's on his post. Squirts free to the side of the net, but the Canes are there, and Jarvis smartly gets it across to Stepon. Stepon snaps. Loose puck. Still loose. And somehow it stays out as Jarvis had the rebound opportunity. Now Chikrin for Gostaspare. Gostaspare. Tight spaces. Working the puck around. It finds Clayton Keller in the slot right on Anderson. With a save and another big save out in front on Lawson Krause. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Hurricanes are now 8-0 and on the season, and you can't go 82-0 and without going 8-0. and A lot of firsts to talk about. We will get to all of it in just a second. Remember, we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. Uh, so if you need anything, if you need siding, if you need roofing, if you need windows, doors, bay windows, bow windows, gutter helmets, they've got it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. AluminumCompany.com for a free no-obligation estimate. Uh, they don't do roofies, as I said at the end of the last Canes Corner podcast. Shouts to any of you who made it to the end of the Canes Corner podcast last time out because, um, yeah. I said that. All right. Uh, let's get to a bunch of things today uh, as much as we can. Alec Campbell will uh, pop in for, for a couple of minutes uh, in, the, uh, in the middle of this, and then you'll hear from uh, Brett Pesci and Seth Jarvis at the end. All right, it was. It was Seth Jarvis Day for the Carolina Hurricanes. Thanks to, and nobody really is happy about this, but because of the injury to Nino Niederreiter, Carolina employed their extra forward. As it turned out, their extra forward is potentially a future star in the NHL. Seth Jarvis draws in. He plays on a fourth line with Derek Stepan and Stephen Lawrence. And frankly, it was one of the best lines on the ice. They were excellent today. Excellent. They didn't play a ton. Seth Jarvis got about almost half of his time on the power play. But that line was spectacular. They created tons of chances. 
there were three or four scoring chances that Seth was a part of. Uh, he had obviously the uh, the golden one you heard, where uh, he had a chance right in the dead slot. Goalie's down and out. Uh, his shot caroms off the leg of a um, of Jaskin, I think Dimitri Jaskin uh, from uh, from Arizona, and doesn't go in. Uh, I'm sure when I talk to him at the end of this, you'll hear him say, "I can't believe it didn't go," but uh, that was that. But he had a, a couple of great feeds to Stephen Lawrence that probably should have scored, but they didn't. Uh, Lawrence with a chip with a great save uh, by Vimelka, the uh, the Arizona goaltender who was I thought very good today. And uh, then Lawrence had a great chance that actually just uh, you know hit the post. Uh, slid along the ice, hit the post, and stayed out. Uh, but Jarvis also had a great chance on, I think, the first power play where he just whistled it wide of the post short side. So uh, there were scoring chances. Seth Jarvis was an impactful player today. Best play he made, though, was the defensive play. I asked uh, Rod after the game about it as we were walking down the hall, and I'm like, what did you like the most? He goes, well, really all of it. I said, tell me about the defensive play. He said, basically, it just shows you how smart he is. So, and Jarvis talked about it after the game. He, the, power, the penalty kill is so good for Carolina. He goes, in tight like that, um, I'll take the penalty before I allow the scoring chance. But he did everything right on the defensive play. He came from underneath the stick. He didn't, he didn't uh, come down on top of the stick, which is an automatic penalty. But he comes from underneath. He stayed away from the hands. And if he doesn't do that, Antoine Roussel... Might have a goal that might have made it. Actually, that would have made it two nothing. It was after a dreadful Carolina power play. It was the only bad power play Carolina had today. I thought Carolina was one for five with the man advantage, but the first three I thought could have easily scored goals. Aho to Svechnikov twice. One time Andre uh, hit it wide, and the other time uh, Vimelka had to make a great save, and he did. But I thought there were plenty of chances on the power play that they just didn't get to go. But uh, they. Didn't waste any time on the fifth power play. Jordan Stahl winning a draw, and ultimately it comes back to Pesci at the point, and he scores basically from the same spot that Martin Natchez scored. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Seth Jarvis was really, really impactful. He won some board battles. He was smart uh, in his defensive zone. He intercepted a pass at center ice and created a chance. Uh, there was just a lot of good from Seth Jarvis today. And uh, when Rod Brindamore said a long time ago, that he just looks the part. Well, he does. He just looks the part. Um, so good for good for Seth. Uh, it's not a cameo. He's going to get a chance to play. Um, I don't know if they're going to change up any of the lines on Wednesday in Chicago. Seth Jarvis can play in all three zones. He's a competitor. He's not... Easily knocked off the puck, although Jay Beagle did put him on the ice like on his first shift today. Um, so he's not a liability, and that's the thing that Rod loves. Like he doesn't have to really hide him; just let him play. Uh, so step on Lawrence and, or Lawrence and uh, Jarvis were very effective today. Very very impactful, and I like Stephen Lawrence's game as well. But uh, Derek Stepan has played well. Uh, so, uh, happy Seth Jarvis Day to everybody. You'll always remember where you were when Seth Jarvis skated out all alone to start the warm-up. Martin Natchez had a day. I thought Natchez... Look, I, 
I was not concerned about Natchez's lack of goals. I think I talked to Alec about it in the first intermission. I mean, to me, it's been sort of circumstance. I think Marty has played really well this year without necessarily getting on the score sheet. I don't think he's let his game uh, suffer because he hasn't scored. That's important. Uh, but I thought he had he was all over the ice today. To me, um, even without the extra point on the Pe- Brett Pesci goal, he was going to be my first star because I thought he was Carolina's best player. I thought he was excellent. And but it's good to see a guy like Natchez who is going to get, you know, the recognition that he deserves. He's going to get that based on his scoring. But he was great. He was uh, again. He was excellent tonight. I thought he played well uh, throughout. Uh, but it was nice to see him finally get off the schneid. I don't think you're going to see too many times where he's going to go eight games without a goal. Uh, and you know, it's funny the goal he scores. I think I had just tweeted. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's great, at a gold fan. But I thought that this game, Carolina was absolutely slaughtering Arizona in every possible way except on the scoreboard. I mean, think about the um, just shot attempts for and against first period uh, in, all, uh, in all situations, 33-12. to 12. Shot attempts, not even shots, shot attempts, 33-12. to 12. Second period was more of an even period, although Carolina uh, had a clear advantage in a couple of areas. Uh, it was 23-16. Third period, 25-9. Shots for Carolina, 12-3 in the third. Um, but scoring chances for 13-6 in the first period, 12-7 in the second period, 9-3 in the third period. So I mean, for the game, thirty-four to sixteen scoring chances, twenty to eight high danger chances. All of these numbers are uh, via natural stat trick. So Carolina could have easily been ahead by two, three goals, and yet they're trailing. And part of the reason why they were trailing is that the puck luck that had been with them. If you watch the Chicago game. I mean, I would say at least three of Carolina's goals were direct results of breaks. The Ajo goal, uh, which was supposed to be a pass, but it came back to him off of Chicago skate, and he scored. Uh, Svechnikov's goal was a pass that just caromed in. Uh, you go back to the Boston game, Nino Niederreiter centering, centering pass to Natchez, goes in off a, uh, off a Bruins skate and in. Uh, the other goal was a deflection off of uh, Curtis Lazar of Boston off the shaft of his stick, and it beat uh, Jeremy Swayman. So, you know, they were getting those breaks to score a bunch of goals, and today every carom was just off the mark. And there, and there were caroms, but they just went wide. They deflected just a hair wide or off the post, uh, which we saw a couple of times today. So Carolina wasn't getting those breaks until they did. And Martin Natchez uh, takes a, uh, a pass from Tony D'Angelo. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, takes a pass from Tony D'Angelo, and he just rips one from really just inside the blue line in the dead center of the offensive zone. But it hits off of Christian Fisher and kind of uh, just it changes direction enough. It goes over top of Vimelka, and it's 1-1, a little bit more than a minute left in the second period. But that's the break. 
you, when you play well, invariably you will create the breaks. So good for Carolina, but for the same price, that puck deflects just over the bar, and now Carolina goes into the third period trailing by a goal. They did so many good things and didn't get rewarded today until they did. So Natchez gets his first goal of the season first of, my guess is, any, anywhere between 25 and 30, I think he'll get. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see um, if he ever plays in the middle of the ice because he's a center by trade. Uh, Carolina's got some decisions to make in the offseason about what they're going to do down the middle. And I'm not trying to go too far forward, but Vincent Trocek is an unrestricted free agent coming uh, up at the end of this year. And remember that Derek Stepan will be an unrestricted free agent. Stepan has been a really, really good addition, obviously, uh, to this team. So good game for Martin Natchez. I want to talk about youth movement here for a second. Think about Sebastian Ajo, Martin Natchez, Andrei Svechnikov, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and Seth Jarvis, just among the forward group. Ajo's the old guy at 24. Process that for just a second. I was 24, Natchez is 23, Svech is 21, Kotkaniemi is 21, Jarvis is 19. Jarvis will be 20 in February. How many teams in the NHL have that? I'm waiting. I think the list is the Carolina Hurricanes. I think that's what I think the list is. We're talking about young, and a lot of them, young star-level players. That's just among the forward group. Add Ethan Bear now to the mix uh, on defense, who's 24 years old. You got Pesci and Slavin still in their 20s. Tony D'Angelo is 26. And now let's get to Tony D'Angelo. Leads the team in, he's got nine points in eight games. Got his seventh assist. I think he has a three-game point streak. Two goals, seven assists. It's a plus nine. Again, it's not just the offense that, the offense grabs you from Tony D'Angelo. It grabs you, it takes a hold of you, and it's hard to look away. But the bottom line is that Tony D'Angelo competes like hell. He's better than advertised defensively. And he is a really smart player. One of the things that jumps out to me about this team is the hockey IQ. I think that this team as a whole is incredibly smart. They got smarter in a ton of positions. By the way, Jarvis, really, really bright player. Uh, they also all seem to know what the smart play is, to not, not just with the puck, but away from the puck, going to the front of the net. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is good at the front of the net. He's smart, uh, middle drive, driving that middle lane, creating uh, a distraction for the goaltender. He gets sticks on pucks in the middle of the ice. We all already know that Vincent Trocek is excellent at that. Um, you know, Ajo's a smart player. Tara Vinen is, gosh, he's like Einstein. They have so many guys like that. The competitiveness, especially of these young guys, too. Uh, and Rod talked about it after the game about Andrei Svechnikov. He just competes all the time. Oh, and Svechnikov couldn't get any empty net uh, trash points to extend their uh, point streak to eight. So each will have to start new point streaks. Hopefully they will in Chicago. But I just thought it, it strikes me about the youth movement 
on this team. And remember, there is more youth coming. You know, Jack Drury's not that far away. I mean, I don't know that they'll need him this year, but uh, Jack Drury is on the horizon. Jamison Reese, who got hurt, on the horizon. Possibly Ryan Suzuki on the horizon. And not to mention a bunch of the uh, the guys that they have drafted recently that even haven't yet come over from elsewhere. So there's a lot of good things coming for the Hurricanes in terms of their youth movement. Um, real quick, uh, just I think I mentioned this really uh, at the very beginning of this. Yesterday's game against Chicago, or not yesterday, Friday's game against Chicago was kind of a, a trashy game. I think I, when I spoke to Rod before the game, it was like pickup. It was like when you watch a pickup basketball game and there's no structure. That's what I thought about the game Friday night against the Blackhawks. There's just no structure to it, which is why Rod hates it. This game had more structure. I think Arizona's better than Chicago. At least I'd rather play against Chicago than I would Arizona because I think the Chicago, yes, they can score more, but I don't, uh, I don't think... Playing, playing against Chicago creates so many chances. Uh, and I, they're just not nearly as good away from the puck, and they're not nearly as good in their own end. Uh, I just, I'd much rather play Chicago than play Arizona. Uh, and we'll be done with Chicago as of Wednesday. Our two games, Hurricanes two games against the Blackhawks, will be through as of Wednesday. So let me do a quick math problem here. Freddie Anderson is now 7-0 and on the season. I hear that's good. 7-0 and on the season for Freddie Anderson. And in his last seven games, 171 saves on 177 shots. That is a 966 save percentage. The goal he allowed in, on 23 shots today actually lowered his save percentage by two. By two one hundred two thousandths of a percent, it went from nine sixty eight to nine sixty six. Shame on Freddie. Freddie was solid today. I didn't think he he didn't have to be awesome today, but he did make some challenging saves. Uh, there was one pass from uh, Shane Gostisbehere in front that I it it either went off of uh, I guess it's Hayton's stick. It either went off of. Uh, Barrett Hayton stick or a skate uh, right on goal, but Anderson was there. Um, he made some pretty good saves. I think he got a shaft to a shot by Clayton Keller in the third period. Uh, but Anderson was very, very solid today. Uh, again, sometimes you just you don't have to do much. And I think his economy of movement in net has been excellent for Carolina. Uh, but Freddie's been great. I assume we'll see uh, Auntie Ranta draw back in again. I don't think Auntie played all that well against uh, Chicago Friday night. Uh, I kind of half expected him, not half, I expected him to play today again against one of his former teams. Uh, but Rod decided to go right back to Freddie. And because of the schedule, I mean, I'm not saying I'll be surprised if Ranta draws in. But two days off at Chicago, two days off at Florida, two days off at Tampa, I think we're probably going to see Freddie Anderson roll the next three. There's going to be a time in the schedule where Ronta's going to get a bunch of games. 
Uh, but I don't think that time is right now. I think the time is going to go is to, you know, keep riding Freddie Anderson because Anderson has been great. Uh, again, 171 saves, last 177 shots faced for Freddie Anderson. I hear that's good. All right, my man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Hurricanes Intermission host, tour, Man About Town, my friend, Monday through Friday, noon to three. Um, I'm gonna, I want you to big picture this for me. Less about today, more about the big picture. All right, so give me uh, just your thoughts on where this team is through eight games. I mean, it's easy to say, well, they're eight. No, they're great. Um, what have you seen through eight games that you liked? Uh, is there anything that you haven't? Well, I mean, I th- they're scoring a ton of goals. I think they're a good offensive team, obviously. They uh, vaulted themselves to number one in the league in terms of goals per game. Their goal differential was number one in the league as well. Um, and they're stopping a lot. I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. You know, <laughs> you're scoring a bunch of goals, you're stopping a lot of goals. As opposed to today's opponent, which is doing the exact opposite. They're basically the worst offensive team in the league and the worst defensive team in terms of goals allowed, both in even strength and power play situations. So, you know, I'm not sure the competition has necessarily been there for Carolina. So I'm anxious to see, you know, overall. I mean, maybe Carolina's just that good. I don't know. But they've played... You know, Boston, they played the Leafs, they played the Islanders. I mean, I think those are the three best teams they've played so far. Um, I mean, I just, I don't have much to complain about necessarily. I just think they look like a deep, just smart hockey team. And I feel like we talked about it the other night. You know, people who just know how to play, people who have sort of matured into the game. And, you know, there's some defensive miscues and some mishandles and things of that nature that I feel like could be cleaned up, but that's probably every team. And as long as you're scoring a bunch of goals and your goaltender is playing well, it doesn't really matter. So, I mean, their their power play I think has suffered a little bit recently. Like I don't think I know they I know they scored on it tonight. Uh, by the way, with the second unit again, mm-hmm. the last uh, two games they have scored with Rodson and the second unit out first. So I think there are some places for them to get better in terms of their power play. I mean, it's still a top 10 power play in the league. Right. Because they have now scored, I believe, in six of the eight games that they have played. But it really hasn't looked all that good from the from an eye test standpoint. So I think they can improve there. But, I mean, it's feel like we're picking nits when it's an 8-0 start. I actually like the power play today. I think the first three power plays in the first period uh, were all good and all could have scored, probably all should have scored. Uh, the power play in the second period, which ultimately led just after it expired to the Seth Jarvis defensive play of the game, uh, that was the one that was a trash heap for me. Uh, and then they scored right off the faceoff, basically, in the next one, the last one. Uh, so actually, I thought the power play today was everything it wasn't against Chicago. Um, but they got, they did get a power play goal against Chicago, but even that was kind of a joke where Ajo tried to pass it and then it came back off a skate. Uh, so he just swept it in. Uh, but I think, I I think you're right in that the power play hasn't looked as good as the numbers say it is. Um, and it was, I guess in the last part of last season, 
that was also the case. I think they could move the puck faster on the power play. I think that that would help them uh, out a bunch if they moved the puck just a little bit quicker uh, on the power play. But they've got incredible personnel. Think about this, by the way. Sebastian, like, they've got a core of forwards. Aho, Natchez, Svechnikov, Kotkaniemi, Jarvis right now. Where Aho is 24 and he's the old guy. And we could even add Tavo Teravine and is what, 26? Mm-hmm. That's pretty, uh, that's a good future. I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Tavo's 27. He just turned 27. Wow, old man, <laughs> grandpa. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. When 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 your when your core is just that young, uh, and I think you and I were talking about it. It's the three year window, really, where they can, um, you know, I'm not saying win a bunch of cups, but I mean they should be in the mix for the next three years, easy until. Until contracts like Ajo's and Teravinen's, uh, Slavin's and Pesci's, uh, where they have to be addressed. I mean, it's just it's it's cool to see how good they are while being this young. What do you? Th- what have you made of the addition of Derek Stepan? I like him. I think he's. I think he's a good player. I think he's a bulldog. Um, I do think he has some. You know, knack for getting to the net and scoring a little bit. Uh, last night or Friday night was a good example of that. He, he took advantage of a of a scoring opportunity, created a good scoring opportunity today. The Canes didn't score on, including the one. I think that was the one where where Jarvis got robbed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he I think he plays his role really well. You know, fourth line center uh, gives you some good hard minutes and. You know, has an ability to, to, to take the puck to the net, to the net at times. So I like him. There's only five players that haven't scored a goal, I believe, for the Hurricanes: Ethan Bear, Ian Cole, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, and Seth Jarvis. Everybody else has at least one goal. Ethan Bear had one on a tape today too that he just missed oh, on. Gosh, they had so many chances to score. I mean, it literally, it could have been six. Uh, as opposed to two one, uh, I, I am less I am less upset that Ethan Bear didn't score than he didn't capitalize on the pass from Slavin. Like Slavin deserves to have that puck go in for the pass, <laughs> not necessarily for Ethan Bear to score. Yeah, it was a, it was a slap pass. It was. Uh, it looked like a shot, but he had Slavin knew exactly what he was doing. That's a great play, by the way. The slap pass is a yeah. great play. Oh, Slavin's a—he's so good at it. Yep. I mean, Slavin's just a—he's a great passer. Yeah, I mean, uh, and he's got a bunch of assists so far. You know, if if you score, get a bunch of points. If Jacob Slavin ends up with—I'm just going to throw a weird number out there—sixty points on the season. He's a Vezina candidate. Yeah. He just is. He's a Vezina candidate if he's got 60 points. Because for some reason, in order to be... Like, last year, Dougie Hamilton was fourth in the Vezina voting. Like, you're not going to tell me, having watched as much hockey as we did last year, you're not going to tell me that Dougie Hamilton was the fourth best defenseman in the NHL last year. Just not. 
He was the fourth. He was arguably the fourth best defenseman on his own team. And I'm not knocking Dougie. Dougie had a wonderful year, but yeah. if the only way you get Vesna, you know, look, is if you have a bunch of points, then right. if Slavin can end up the year with 60 points, he's going to get a ton of support for Vesna because he doesn't. He makes all the other plays and he makes them look easy, and um, he's got. Arguably, yeah, Vesna, right? Isn't Vesna the I'm sorry, did I say I keep I keep saying Vesna? Like you yeah. know, if Jacob Slavin wanted to win the Vesna, he could. Um, why am I not <laughs> saying Norris? They're very good. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Norris, Norris, Norris. Yes, it would be that. All right. On that note, uh, I should just stop embarrassing myself and uh, and let you go. All right. Sounds good. On to Chicago on Wednesday. Two days off. Oh, Chicago. This will be another pond hockey game. Yeah, it could be. Could be. All right, sir. But luckily, the Hurricanes know how to play those. They're good at it. They are good at they it. Know, Rod doesn't like it because it's no fun to coach because you just don't know what's going to happen next. You're, everything is out of your control. But the Hurricanes are good at playing games like that. So let's have a little fun, watch a game. Plus, it's an 830 start. So you can get a lot done before the game, right, Alec? Isn't that good? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so much to get done. You can eat dinner with your family. <laughs> Everyone. Have a meal with your family before the game. And meanwhile, before you know it, uh, they've got a five-game road trip to the Pacific time zone. Yeah. yeah. Let's not talk about that yet. Let's just take it on when it comes. All right. I'll see you later. It is true. The Hurricanes do have a, uh, a five-game road trip coming up to the Pacific time zone. Uh, but as busy as it's been over the last seven days, remember they played Monday here against Toronto, then it was Thursday against Boston, Friday against Chicago, today against Arizona. Off for a couple of days, play at Chicago. Off for a couple of days, then the showdown in Florida. Off for a couple of days, then they play at Tampa off for a couple of days before coming home to play the Flyers and the St. Louis Blues. So there are two games, two days off in between each of their next three games. Uh, So a little bit of room here on the schedule, and for the most part, the month of November is spent on the road. Only three home games in the entire month of November. Uh, Philadelphia and St. Louis back-to-back on a Friday and Saturday, two weekends from now, Uh, and then the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, a 1 o'clock start against the Washington Capitals. So uh, after those two home games, Philadelphia and St. Louis, the 12th and 13th, it's out west. Vegas, Anaheim, the Kings, the Sharks, the Kraken, and then a game at Philadelphia before they come home. So a six-game road trip. Uh, but enjoy 8-0 and right now. Uh, and in just a second, we'll hear from... Brett Pesci, and Seth Jarvis. Let's start with the guy who scored the game-winning goal. Brett Pesci uh, has now one goal on the season, but boys played well. He's getting a chance on the second power play unit, playing a ton of minutes anyway, so good for Brett. Talk to him after the game. Uh, that was uh, that was a rocket from the uh, from the top of the umbrella. Walk me through the goal. 
Well, obviously it starts with the face-off. Um, you know, that when you get Jordan on there, he's a beast. He wins <laughs> most of them. So yeah. um, kind of gave it back to me. I walked it. And we just kind of um, just kind of set it up up top, uh, me, Nechi, and Jarvie. And uh, Nechi made a great, nice, soft pass to me. And I closed my eyes and it went in. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you closed your eyes. It, it looked good. So if you didn't see it go in, I did. Um, you, you mentioned the new guy. Seth Jarvis, mm-hmm. and I heard you saying inside that he just he impressed you from the start. Yep. What impresses you the most about him? Um, look, at I was just telling him. Um, you know, he's not he's not the biggest guy, but um, he works his his tail off and and he competes in the corners. Even though obviously, you know, he might be a little undersized, but mm-hmm. he's he's good in there. He wins he wins a lot of battles, yep. and uh, you know, you love to see that, especially out of a, a young kid like that. Yeah, Rod said in preseason he doesn't look out of place. He looks like yep. he belongs, and the fact that he was on the ice for the power play in a tie game late in the third period says a lot. Oh it? yeah, sure. I mean, he he looked right you know right at home um, today. He was fast. He was obviously winning battles like. Like I said, and obviously he had a, a big point on that game. You have a ton of new guys on this team, more than people would expect. Four new guys on defense. Mm-hmm. Brendan hasn't drawn in yet. Um, I'm going to ask you about Tony real quick. How has he fit in and made maybe the group better? Yeah. I mean, he fits in perfect. Um, he, he's a heck of a player. I mean, um, his offensive game speaks for itself. But uh, you know, I, I I think his defensive game is underrated as well. He's 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 got good speed. He, obviously, I mean, I haven't seen many defensemen who see the ice like him. So um, to have uh, a guy like that in the back end is huge. A lot of first, your first goal. Nature's is yep. Marty played. He's been playing well. Yep. Finally got one, and of course, sets first point in the NHL. The depth on this team. Explain how it's different, better than it has been. Yeah, I mean we have four lines um, that could score, and, and uh, you're confident, especially as a defenseman, you're confident with every every line out there. Um, and yeah, I think uh, that that's rare to say for for um, an NHL team. So it was uh, it's, it's just awesome. Um, you know the mojo is really good right now. Anything significant about eight zero? No, it's on to the next one. <laughs> So much talk has been about the young guy, Seth Jarvis. I know we heard from Brett. Brett loves him. Uh, let's hear from the new kid. How did that whole thing feel? Yeah, that was, a, that was a ton of fun. That was my dream come true right there. I think playing in front of those fans, you couldn't ask for much more. And that environment to come in and play my first game was unbelievable. Did, did you know they were going to let you skate out or do a lap by yourself? Yeah, I had, an, I, I had an idea, obviously. That's something that's been done for a while. I didn't know about the no helmet, but uh, my hair started getting in my eyes at the end of it. And it was a little bit of a mess, but no, it was awesome. Uh, you had you and Steven Lorenz nearly connected on a couple of goals, so you got you got right into it. Did you feel almost a little snake bit, especially when, was it, uh, uh, Jaskin got in the way yeah, of uh, your foot. shot in front? Uh, no, not snake bit, and I think... Uh, obviously all these players are in the NHL for a reason so they're all great players and great players make great plays so you're not going to score every shot but yeah that one off the foot definitely stings a little bit uh, Bill, look you, you had plenty of chances to score but then you contribute on the power play goal that uh, ultimately wins it Rod put you out there and you were playing on the power play all game long uh, so what does that say about the way Rod feels about you yeah it's nice I think he, he has some trust in me especially in those offensive situations to, to go get a big goal like that and I think when you're playing with the guys like Pat Stall, anybody out there, Marty, all those guys. I think it's pretty easy to go out there and, and make plays. They're all great players, so it's just kind of fitting in and, and making the right reads, and it ended up in a goal. It's been a tough, I don't know, 18 months. You haven't played a ton of hockey. Yeah. Uh, so how how quickly did you bait? were you able to just get into the flow? Yeah, I think the first shift was definitely a wake-up call, and then 
uh, like they said in their beagle when he hit me. I think I hit the ice. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's time to go now. So, yeah, those two things kind of woke me up and, and got me ready to go. But, yeah, not playing a lot of hockey in a, in a while. It's a little bit tough. But coming back into this, uh, I had all the guys around there supporting me, so it made it easy. Quickly, the defensive play you made after the power play, I think it was in the second period to, to prevent a goal. You, you, you're really walking a fine line there, not getting a hooking penalty. Just walk me through that. Yeah, I think in that situation, whether it's a, a short breakaway like that, I think I'm willing to take a risk on taking a penalty and him not scoring. So uh, I have a lot of faith in our penalty kill. So that was a play I felt like I needed to make and needed to just alter him from getting a clean shot. I feel good about the way it went. Yeah, yeah, super good. You can't go 82-0 and without going 8-0. I keep saying it, and it's still true. Hurricanes with a 2-1 win, hard-fought 2-1 win. Arizona did not make it easy today. Credit to them. I mean, Carolina really dominated the, uh, you know, the analytics today. They crushed them, crushed Arizona and Corsi. But the way Arizona played, especially coming off their game in Washington, where that game was scoreless with about six minutes to go in a 2-1 Capitals win. I mean, Arizona just made it hard. They got in the way a lot today. And they just kept themselves in it, kept it. At, for a long time, had the lead. The Natchez kind of carom off of Christian Fisher for a 1-1 tie late in the second period. Maybe relaxed Carolina a little bit, but uh, the Hurricanes really, really pushed. Didn't get anything until the power play uh, with under three minutes to go. So uh, big win for the Hurricanes, and now 8-0 on the season. They have a three-point lead over the Washington Capitals in the Metropolitan Division. Capitals are 5-0-3 by the way. So uh, until the Canes meet the Blackhawks on Wednesday, we got to wrap it up. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, it's all there for you. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating, but more than more than anything, we like your feedback and uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. Whenever you're listening to this, it's always available the morning after every Hurricanes game. I'm Adam. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.